G'day all, Dan here from Epic Drives Western Australia. This is episode number seven of my podcast series and I'll be honest with you, I'm terrible at releasing podcasts on any kind of sort of scheduled basis, but I do hope that I will from now on make more of an effort to get more episodes out, hopefully at least once a month. I've just got every excuse under the sun at the moment with work, family, general life, all that sort of thing, but it is on my bucket list of things to do this year. All right, so this one is a top 10 list, and okay, it is a bit late in the season, but anyway, I hope it helps you and gives you some idea of where to head for a summer coastal adventure during summer. Now, I'll stick a link in the description where you can find my blog with all the GPS waypoints for the trips that I'm about to talk about, or you can just Google Epic Drives Western Australia, or go to my website, epicdriveswesternaustralia.com, or my Facebook or my YouTube. I'm on pretty much all the main social networks, and I've got a link to this in all of them. Now, if you're a four-wheel drive thrill-seeking nut like me, you're most likely aware of the almost endless options when it comes to epic four-wheeling adventures in Western Australia. Our state is without doubt big. It covers well over 2.5 million square kilometres and it makes up 33% of Australia's total landmass. And not only that, WA has a coastline that stretches an incredible 12,889 kilometres and it leaves us with a lifetime of destinations to choose from. So for that reason, I've put together some of my recommended four-wheel drive locations, but if I was to be completely honest and list all of them here on this podcast, it would be one damn long podcast. So for simplicity's sake, I'll be posting trips based on various topics. So this is the first in the series aimed at four-wheel drive tracks that are not only close to Perth, but are also ideal for summer trips with family and friends. Most of these trips don't require a heavily modified four-wheel drive and they are suitable for novice drivers. However, track conditions, they can change at any time. So common sense is really a must. And four-wheel driving, it obviously comes with an element of risk. So never attempt to drive a section of track that you're not 100% confident with and ensure your vehicle is in good working order and that you have suitable recovery gear and you know how to use it before you even depart. Now another thing that really grinds my gears, remember to take all your rubbish out with you when you leave because visiting these truly unique locations is something that not everyone has the ability to do and if we can leave it looking tip top then it only makes what we do look better and also respect others whilst you're out on the track. Anyway, that's enough of my rambling. Let's get stuck into it. So the first trip, trip number 10, Cape Arid. You'll need longer than a weekend to truly enjoy this trip. It's ideally suited to at least a long weekend, preferably even longer. First of all, you need to head to Esperance, which is 714 kilometers from Perth. Add another 360 kilometers at least to the actual four-wheel drive part of this trip, and then a further 825 kilometers for your return trip back to Perth. It doesn't take a mathematician to work out that it involves a solid amount of driving and fuel. However, this trip takes you on the ultimate tour of the southwest region of Cape Arid National Park. 
Now time-wise, plan to spend the first night in Esperance, two nights on the track, and a further night back in Esperance on your way back to Perth. The coast is truly fascinating around here, and it's well worth spending the time to properly explore. The tracks are reasonably easy. The camping is awesome. The scenery is incredible. There's stunning coastal granite structures and a lot of beach driving. And perhaps the best part of this trip is the fishing and the surfing spots. All right, so you start at the Esperance Visitors Center and inquire about the track conditions and fees before you hit the road again and head to Cape Arid National Park. There are park entry fees that apply here. Your first stop after entering the park is called Springs Ruin. A lookout is situated here as well as a grave. A few kilometers away is the first of many campsites you'll encounter on the trip. It's called Thomas Fishery Camp. It's very small, but it's close to a protected beach. The next camp is just over 16 kilometers away. It's called Jaundy Creek Campsite. It's also limited to a few campers, but a beach and a creek are just a short walk from the actual campsite. Now you need to take care when you hit the sand tracks above Fern Creek and Sandy Bite Beach. The sand here is soft and it can be a bit of a challenge. Saying that though, the hard flat sand on most of the beaches are relatively easy going from Thomas River Mouth to Cape Arid. However, you will encounter a few rocky headlands. Now when you're driving on the beach, always remember, reduce your tire pressures before you even attempt to go on them. Number nine, Cervantes and Lake Indoon. This trip features beaches, a cave, a stunning lake, fishing and bushwalking. It really has something for everyone. You can expect to cover at least 650 k's from Perth to Perth, so plan to spend around three days traveling as there's heaps of interesting places to visit up this way. The starting point of this trip is Cervantes, which is great for fishing, and it's just 209 kilometers north of Perth. Heading north furthermore, you'll pass through Durian Bay, which is the largest town in the central west coast, and the last town to grab any last minute items you may need before heading off. As I mentioned, there's a lot to see in this region, so try and tick off as many of these places off your list. If you don't get through it all, you've got a great excuse to come back during wildflower season. Now this trip has a vast variety of scenery. There's the moonlight landscape of the Pinnacles, a 12,000 year old colony of stromatolites at Lake Thetis, awesome beaches at Dynamite Bay, Point Louise, Billy Goat Bay, Black Point Beach and Sandy Cape, which is an awesome spot to camp, but it's very popular and busy on weekends and holidays. There's also idyllic lunch stops at Little Three Springs, Stockyard Gully Cave, Lake Indoon, which is my personal favorite campsite in the region that also provides boat ramps, gas barbecues and toilets. Camping fees here are five bucks per person per night and 250 for seniors. And the lake doesn't always hold water all year round, but it's still a nice location when it is dry. Other places like Hill River Mouth, be aware there is a sand dune on the way in. Try to avoid it by driving on the beach side if possible. Uh, Moller Hill Lookout, and lastly, Grigson Lookout. Now some of the locations mentioned will require reduced tire pressures and four-wheel drive as the sand can be soft at times and sharp limestone outcrops can make you drive slow and really bumpy. Always exercise extreme care when four-wheeling. If it looks too hard to drive, it probably is. Counting down to trip number eight, Wharton Beach and Cape Le Grand National Park. Okay, so this is another trip out of Esperance. What can I say? This region was made for summer trips with family and friends. 
It encompasses the reasons why WA Southwest is so special. You've got bay after bay of turquoise ocean combined with a sea of granite outcrops on the land, which makes this area of Cape Le Grand a site that really needs to be seen to be believed. Before I start though, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news first, you cannot free camp anywhere within the national park. But the good news, however, is that you can stay at the Orleans Bay Caravan Park, where you have the option of tent sites, powered sites, cabins, and even chalets. There's a small shop here, so you won't be roughing it. In fact, this trip can easily be considered as perfect for those of you who enjoy comfort rather than the traditional bush-style camping. That said, you will need to possibly engage four-wheel drive near Hammerhead and Third Beach. So you start from the Esperance Visitor Centre and you make your way to the Ace of Spades Rock. This bay is amazing. Keep your eyes out for the dolphins. Next stop has to be Little Wharton Beach. The drive-in has some awesome ocean views. After Little Wharton Beach is Wharton Beach. From here, head north just over 4Ks to the entrance of Cape Le Grand National Park. You need to keep to the marked tracks to access Victoria Harbour Beach. And from here, head to Third Beach before heading back the way you came in and either camp at Orleans Bay Caravan Park again for a second night, or you could drive back to Esperance or even take the long leg back to Perth. Moving on to number seven, Broke Inlet and Don Castro National Park. Situated just 20 kilometers southwest of the town of Walpole, you'll enter Don Castro National Park. This region was named after a French admiral by the name of Bruni Dontecastro, who sailed past the region during a scientific expedition back in 1792. The park itself stretches 130 kilometers along white sandy beaches, rugged cliffs, and towering carry forests. A must-see landmark in this region is Broke Inlet. Departing from Walpole, you'll pass some amazing campgrounds, a rocky headland called Red Rock, a couple of old fishermen's huts and tackle a narrow track out towards the sea and the mouth of the Broke Inlet. You'll have to retake the same track back out to Walpole once you reach the inlet. The four-wheel driving component of this trip is short but sweet. It's best suited to a Friday afternoon escape from the city, setting up a base camp at one of the campsites that night and then taking in the pristine beauty of this place over two days of adventure. Trip number six, the epic Warren River. This trip should be on your bucket list of four-wheel drive adventures. Starting in the historic timber town of Pemberton, continue south through Northcliffe and tackle the epic Cowcup Hill, which is a super long soft hill climb. Be sure to check out Warren Beach and drive over the incredible Yeagerup Dune system before returning to Pemberton on your way back to Perth. Ideally, it's suited to a Friday afternoon departure and staying the first night at a stunning campsite above Cowcup Hill. It's one of my favorite bush camps. And then the next day, head down the dune to check out the beach before spinning around and tackling the dune ascent, and then head generally northwards over a river crossing, and eventually you'll end up at the truly remarkable Yeagerup Dunes. You need to register your vehicle and pay a fee to enter here. But after a 10 kilometer drive that takes you past Yeagerup Lake, you'll need to ascend the Yeagerup Dune system that is literally swallowing the surrounding bush 
as it heads slowly inland. Then continue by following the marked tracks for about 7Ks and you'll arrive on the beach. Turn left and you reach the Warren River mouth. Don't attempt to cross if it's running and if it's dry, only attempt it if you're 100% confident as this place is extremely dangerous. After checking out the beach, follow your tracks back out to the registration shelter. Head upstream to camp at a secluded campsite for the night on the river's edge. The final day will take you over Heartbreak Crossing. Just walk this crossing before you attempt it and then pass some picturesque campsites and picnic spots along the river as you make your way back to Pemberton and then back to Perth. You can expect to cover around 830 kilometers on this trip from Perth to Perth. It's one of my favorite trips in one of my favorite regions of WA. It truly is a five-star trip. All right, we're halfway there. Number five, local surf and turf. Just under 100 kilometers from Perth and 25 k's from Mandra lies White Hills. After following White Hill Road for four kilometers, you need to air down and hit the beach. Turn left and you have over 20 k's of beach to drive on. White Hills locations makes this an ideal trip that can easily be turned into a bush adventure too by heading west through some of WA's iconic country towns. There's even a section of track out the back of Harvey that is steep and rutted and requires four-wheel drive. If you intend on camping, there's a campsite near Preston Beach called Martin's Tank Campground. Other highlights in the area are the town of Yarloop that suffered a massive bushfire back in 2016. Since then, the town has slowly been rebuilt. It's well worth a look around and even stop for lunch. After Yarloop, head north and head to Harvey. This town is famous for its dairy, orange and beef production. This region has an abundance of lakes. Give Logebrook Dam a visit and drive over the dam wall to reach a great picnic spot. It is very popular, however. It's known as Lake Brockman. Finally, you'll pass Lane Pool Camping Area before heading to North Dandelup. Turn right onto Southwestern Highway and return to Perth, 72 kilometers away. All up, you can expect to travel roughly 200 k's. Number four, Northern Exposure. North of Perth has a lot to offer the summer adventurer. You can travel for months along the north coast of WA and still not see everything. If, however, you just want a quick escape, this day trip should give you a good idea of what our northern coast has to offer. Starting at the seaside town of Lancelin, your first mission has to be the sand dunes situated to the northeast of town. Be extremely careful of other vehicles and pedestrians as this place gets extremely busy and accidents and unfortunately deaths have occurred here in the past. Taking the sand tracks north of the dune system, you'll find a few nice beaches such as Dyed Bay. Just be sure to check the tides before you commit. After exploring the areas north of the sand dunes, return through town and head to the settlement at Wedge Island. I cannot express how much I love this place. The beach is amazing. The town and its history are also amazing. The residents and their stories are amazing. Do yourself a favor and visit this place before it's gone, which is a constant threat from authorities. Heading north once more, you'll pass the tourist hotspot of the Pinnacles. It's worth a look if you've never been, or skip it and head to Hangover Bay for a swim, fish, or just to relax, before hitting the road to Cervantes, where you'll find the incredible Lake Thetis and South Hanson Bay, before swinging your rig around and heading back to Perth, or alternatively, you can turn it into a weekend getaway and spend a night or two camping at Sandy Cape. Number three. 
Binger and beyond. Well, Binger is one of the most popular four-wheel drive destinations for those of us living in Perth and a must for those of you who are new to four-wheeling. A short drive up the Mitchell Freeway and you're transported to some of the best four-wheel drive tracks within 100 kilometers of the city center. The tracks here are mainly sand, often very soft, and there's plenty of sand dunes to play in. For this reason, you must deflate your tires and have suitable recovery gear for sand recovery. So max tracks, snatch strap, etc. Although the majority of dunes are optional and off the main track, a few are unavoidable and beach access points are extremely soft. Always walk technical sections on foot before attempting to drive them. A sand flag is also a great idea to allow other vehicles a greater chance of spotting you. The entrance to Will Binger is off Wanneroo Road. Exercise extreme caution when turning off Wanneroo Road onto the dirt track and be sure to allow plenty of time for braking and indicating before turning. Will Binger has a web of tracks to explore, beaches to fish, swim, stand up paddleboard. In fact, you could easily spend the day here and head home content. However, this trip can be extended to include the northern seaside towns of Gilderton and Seabird. You will unfortunately have to travel a short distance on the blacktop in order to continue further up the coast. Almost there, number two, Fish Creek. This is another trip to save for a long weekend. Smash out the Ks on Friday and camp on the Warren River, leaving the next two days free to explore at a leisurely pace. Starting at the timber town of Pemberton, grab a coffee and check out the visitor centre before heading south once more and be sure to stop by the bicentennial tree and then call it a day at a campsite on Up Road or at any of the campsites, caravan parks or accommodation in Pemberton. The next day, visit the Burrara tree and Lane Pool Falls before crossing a creek crossing, it's not always running, and reaching Moore's Hut and camp at Kudamurrup Beach for your second night. Your final day, head for Fish Creek and the Gardner River mouth, where you'll find a river crossing before airing up and hitting the blacktop and heading to the seaside holiday town of Windy Harbour and the amazing Salmon Beach before heading back towards Perth and passing through the town of Manjimup. All right, now number one, and I should say none of these trips are in any order. In fact, I recommend trying all of them. You could take a couple of years to do them, or if you're really keen, try and smash them all out just in one summer. But here we go, number one, Douth like a local. You may be aware of the Cape to Cape walk track. However, did you know that there is also four wheel drive tracks that will take you to a majority of locations along the coast. Then when you join them together, we'll take you from the Cape Naturalist Lighthouse in Dunsborough to Cape Lewin Lighthouse in Augusta. But, and it's a very big but, the track is not one continuous track and you will need to return to the blacktop, which is Caves Road, numerous times in order to continue south. The trip is around 750 kilometers in length. That's if you're leaving from Perth and returning to Perth. With so much to see, fishing, swimming, snorkeling, surfing, and some tracks being slow going, I'd suggest you plan to spend at least three days exploring this truly epic region of the Southwest. This trip is ideal if camping in the bush is really not your thing, as the region is packed with caravan parks, hotels, motels, B&Bs, backpackers, farm stays, vineyards, Saying that, the campsites here though are some of the best in the state. 
So there really is accommodation to suit everyone. So there you go, 10 trips that you can drive yourself this summer. Wanna add to the list? Let me know in the comments section or send me a message on Facebook where you've been four wheeling during the summer and stay tuned for the next top 10 four wheel drive trips near Perth, which is hopefully coming very soon. If you wanna make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to my webpage or my YouTube channel and you'll receive an email. On oh, one last thing, if you're a Patreon of my channel and would like turn-by-turn -turn driving instructions to any of the trips listed, let me know and I'll send them through to you. I'm always keen to meet new faces. If you're keen to join me out on the track, send me a message on Facebook and keep an eye out on my posts for upcoming trips. I'm also, as I said before, on all the other major social networks. Just search for Epic Drives Western Australia. Cheers, legends. Hopefully I'll see you soon. I'm Dan. This has been Epic Drives Western Australia.